Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, July 29th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of the podcast right here that you are currently listening to. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them right here on the show. You can also hit up the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com. Good email there. Uh, that's, that's what all the experts are saying. Great email, great accounts, everything. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. In today's episode, I am re-airing the what first appeared on the Locked On Giants, uh, Locked On San Francisco Giants, I mean, podcast uh, yesterday with Mr. Ben Kaspik. We talked basically the whole Giants series, and I know that the game last night just happened, so you might be thinking, oh, you should have had this yesterday. Well, I wanted to, to do my own thoughts yesterday, I guess is the thing. But uh, I'll give my own thoughts about last night's game in particular at the end of this podcast. But in general, me and Ben kind of just talk some Giants Padres and like from from afar. You know what I mean? We don't only talk about the, the game from last night or what we were expecting to have last night. And uh, yeah, I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. Ben's awesome, super cool guy, and... Yeah, without further ado, let's go. And what's up, everybody? Yet again, another guest on the podcast. Uh, This is absolutely the first uh, time we've tried recording this. Uh, I'm being joined by someone who we've talked to before. We talk giant stuff because unlike, uh, but unlike last time, it's real baseball now. It's real baseball. We have actual tangible games that have been played, evidence to look over and whatnot. And now with the Padres set to join the Giants, naturally, I invited on the show Mr. Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Definitely the first time we've recorded this. <laughs> Definitely the first time we're recording this. You know, that's the first time I think I've done that before. I think that's the first time I've I've uh, lost a recording. That's uh, unfortunate. And it's always a fear. Is, yeah, it's always a fear. It's always a fear. And now naturally, we're going to check. And then for some reason, the, the Zoom will send you something. We'll be like, oh, look, oh, gosh. you got it all. Yeah, imagine that. But yeah. uh, wanted to talk some, some Giants uh, Padres because... Uh, today, which is the time of we're recording this, it is Tuesday, July 28th. They are playing the first of their three-game series. It is Zach Davies versus Jeff Samarja, I believe. Yep. Um, and it's an interesting matchup. So, Ben, first of all, what is kind of the the thought process? What is the current uh, mindset of the Giants after having faced the Dodgers? Well, they definitely went went into the season with expectations pretty low around here. People expect them to be bad. And the first two games against the Dodgers seem to confirm those expectations. They got destroyed by the Dodgers in games one and two, outscored 17 to two. But then in the next two games, they they showed some grit and toughness and they had a different lineup out there against two lefty starters because this is a team that's going to platoon. They're going to have a different lineup against righties and lefties. And that righty lineup looks a lot better. Um, and so they they played a lot better against the Dodgers in the next two games, and they they managed to come out of there with a split, which was a huge victory considering how the first two games went. And so I just want to point out expectations are low for this team, but I think with that platoon-heavy approach and under Farhan Zaidi, who I consider one of the better um, executives in the game running this team, I think they're better than people think. They played better than people thought last year. 
They finished the year 55 and 51 and uh, they had the best July of any team in baseball. So yes, there's still a talent deficit, but I think they, they can make it tough on opponents and that's what they're going to try to do in this series against the Padres. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting because uh, Davies in terms of the Padres perspective, um, you know, their fifth starter and he's doesn't uh, wow a lot of people, obviously. And he probably shouldn't, he doesn't have a lot of strikeouts. He only had like a hundred last year. So he's definitely not one of those type of uh, pitchers, but he is the fifth starter. And what's going to be interesting about this series is one, the Pirates are off to a really good start. Um, their team just looks more balanced. Um, I know that the bullpen was uh, definitely not great uh, this uh, past series, and it, it, it wasn't great. Uh, and it's unfortunate because their starters, um, except with the exception of Lucchese for uh, yesterday's game against the D-backs, um, none of them gave up any runs. Uh, some of them had some issues with control, uh, and they walked some guys, but you know didn't give up any runs, which was great. They all had really great starts their season, but the bullpen, um, kind of failed them a little bit in one of the games, and it's crazy that Emilio Pagan, who was the ace uh, closer for the Rays last year, who they got in the trade, um, in the Ma- Manuel Margot trade, and Kirby Yates, who was, with the exception of Josh Hader, probably best the best reliever in the game last year, he gives up two runs. So it's going to be interesting to see if this is more of a get-right series for the bullpen, because the Giants, uh, they're missing some guys, Ben. They're missing Longoria, they're missing Brandon Belt, and yes, they have Yastrzemski, who, of course, by the way, is the one of the more fun uh, players. I feel like they're at baseball land and baseball Twitter. <laughs> People really uh, enjoy watching that guy and enjoy the the numbers on him and how he could be a potential breakout candidate for the team is like that lone kind of bright spot for the team in a lot of ways. Um, what are you? What are some things that you're looking forward to uh, in terms of uh, how how the Giants stacked up to the the Dodgers versus how they stack up to the Padres. Well, one of the big things, like I said, with the platoons is that the Padres will come in here and throw out three right-handed starters. And so I think, excuse me, uh, not getting to face a lefty hurts this team right now. Like you said, with missing Brandon belt, obviously a left-handed hitter, it kind of has a ripple effect where he's able to start. And then it, it actually takes somebody in the outfield out of the starting lineup, Joe McCarthy, who was making his major league debut in the series against the Dodgers. So I think the fact that the Padres have three righties going, the Giants won't see Joey Lucchese, uh is a negative for them uh, while Brandon Belt, Brandon Belt and Evan Longoria are out and they're not eligible to come back until I think actually the last game of the series on Thursday. But you know, they've got some players too that can that can hit right-handed pitching pretty well. Like Alex Dickerson, who actually was acquired from the Padres last mm. season for Franklin Van Gerp in June <laughs> of 2019. And I don't know if you know this, but Dickerson set the world on fire with the Giants in mm-hmm. the end of June and all throughout July. And the problem with Dickerson is that he's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, and that kind of derailed him again with the Giants in August and September. But He's going to be in there all three nights probably. And the fact that there's a DH probably bodes well for him and his consistent issues with like back and oblique issues. So um, I'm looking for, he did not have a good two games to start the season, but this is his former team that he's playing. I mean, he's going to be motivated to go out there and play well. So that's an interesting matchup there. What what one thing I will tell you, Ben, is you're very optimistic about the Giants, and it's 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 kind of it's it's fun. <laughs> I like it because 
a lot of people, and I think that this is still fair. I think most people would agree. I'd say I think there's probably like a bottom like five in the league that, despite the playoff expansion, which we'll get into in a second, and all that, right? Um, there's probably a bottom four that, despite all that, are really just not expected to contend, and that's probably the the Tigers, right? The other teams, <laughs> I'm forgetting Orioles, them already, right? Marlins. The Orioles, the Orioles, the Marlins, and and I mean the Marlins, Royals. obviously. You know the Royals. Uh, you know, obviously the Marlins with the whole uh, the story that's come up, and who knows uh, how exactly baseball is going to look like a week from now with that whole situation that's going on. Everybody stay safe. Um, the you have some optimism, and it's interesting because I find one of the more interesting things about the Giants to be that they are a rebuilding team, and they also have some weird contracts on that team and some weird guys on that team. We've already talked about Samarja a little bit and how he's the guy who's up tonight, but also Johnny Cueto is an interesting guy. Um, he did pretty well against the Dodgers, and now I want to ask you, because I've been wondering this for a while too, is Johnny Cueto potentially a, a trade candidate if he does well for the team? Yes, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. he may be a huge trade candidate and one of the bigger and better pieces available at the deadline potentially. I mean, he's got a lot of name recognition. He's obviously a Definitely, former yeah. a former ace for a long time. He pitched extremely well with the Giants in year one of this contract. But then it's basically been pretty bad ever since. But for those who don't know, I mean, he had Tommy John surgery in 27, no, excuse me, 2018, missed obviously the rest of that year and then pretty much all of 2019. So he came back last Mm -hmm. year and made like two or three starts at the end of the season. And so now he's about two years removed from the actual surgery which is when guys typically fully come back. And I think we saw it with the Padres' Garrett Richards the other day. He's a couple years removed as well, and he was looking really good. So if he looks good, I think he could be a huge huge trade piece for the Giants at the deadline. But that it's complicated by the fact that so many teams are going to be in the race because Mm -hmm. even if the Giants aren't playing great, they may still be in the race because so many teams will be in it given that there will be, you know, more than half of the National League teams are going to make the postseason this year. So mm-hmm. it'll be a tough decision if they're somewhat in the race. Do they sell a player like Johnny Cueto essentially giving up on their postseason chances when so many teams are going to make it? So it'll be fascinating to watch. Vroom. Vroom. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The engine's running up. The engine's revving because I'm about to talk to you about cars. And I've mentioned before that my lord and savior, Mr. Vin Diesel, for his just titular, not titular, but, you know, iconic role of Mr. Dominic Toretto in the Fast and Furious franchise, I guarantee you that in that franchise, in that universe, that they would love him and all of his buddies. They would love the website known as rockauto.com for all their car-related needs. You know why? Because rockauto.com is a family business. And what is more important to Mr. Dominic Toretto than family? They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliable though and the same for professionals and do it yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts 
I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. I guess it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you do it? It doesn't make any sense. So go to rockauto.com right now and make sense <laughs> and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And we're not done yet, everybody. I just want to talk to you really quickly about my friends, my pals. I mean, all of our pals, really, over at CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete. It doesn't matter if you're Dominic Toretto. It doesn't matter if you are Sir Zach Davies from last night. It doesn't matter if you're Will Myers, whatever you are. Um, everyone needs support to make it through the day, whatever it is that you do. So luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. And those two things are, number one, the CBD Freeze with Menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. I like how I said tube there. Tube. And number two, CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. So, to make it even easier, that's right, they're making it even easier for you to try out this amazing duo and other topicals that everything else CBD MD has to offer. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. That's right. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from cbdmd.com. So go check it out, and let's get right back to the pod. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because I'm wondering, because I think I personally would lead more towards, yeah, if people want to give you something for this guy, as long as it's something tangible, not just some you know, eighth round pick, then it's like, ah, oh, what the heck, let's have fun and maybe try and make the playoffs, right? But if it's something that's kind of good, I'd be like, you know, why not? It's not like this This season is an outlier, and it's not like the Giants are probably going to uh, compete, like, for a title necessarily anytime soon, um, unless some, some you know, Yastrzemski becomes the next, like, Trout, right? Um, I think that one thing that I'm looking forward to in this series as well is kind of the Padres lineup in a lot of ways is different this year. And um, it's really exciting. And while they aren't undefeated and how much I would have loved to brag that they were undefeated as me uh, being the one that's covering them, uh, their lineup has changed a lot. And I was, you know, people, they, they make fun of me, all the Padres fans, and being like, oh, you're, you're too optimistic. You're new. You know, you're, you're new into this culture, right? You don't know what we've been through. And that's probably true. But I think looking at it from a more objective, um, you know, kind of standpoint, they've made a lot of changes and almost all of them good. Yes, they traded Manny Margot, um, and they don't really have a true, true center fielder right now. But they get Tommy Pham, who's just this all-around great outfielder, really underrated in a lot of ways. And Trent Grisham, who I've been high on, honestly, since I started doing the podcast. I think he sees a lot of pitches. I think he's got a really good eye at the plate, got a decent amount of pop, decent amount of speed, just a nice player. And considering that the Padres in the past couple of years, they've been last or close to last in on-base percentage, uh, just having those two guys alone – uh, really helps their lineup be a little bit more balanced instead of all these guys that either hit a home run or strike out, right? And even Machado, who his on-base was around like 330, 340 last year, and it's a down year. So if you say maybe he gets a little bit better and you have Tatis, who's going to be healthy more, I think the team in a lot of ways, um, I'm not too surprised at how well they've played so far. Um, what did surprise me, though, was, uh, like I mentioned earlier with the bullpen, and the fact that, you know, Jay Singler, new manager, Right. And he took out Denelson Lament and Garrett Richards pretty early, despite them, you know, 
not giving up too much, barely giving up any hits, couple walks here and there, getting some strikeouts, but their pitch count was around the 80s. I'm a little bit surprised that he didn't keep them in for one more inning. Um, ben, we talked about this uh, before. <laughs> Both of our teams have new managers, and in the case of the Padres, he's experimenting with the lineup. Grisham is now batting at the top of the lineup, while at the first two games, he was at the bottom. Um, what are kind of What is the feeling around Gabe Kappa right now in San Francisco because he's a new manager and a lot of people are seeing what is he going to do? You like how I like transitioned and brought this all away? Um, right. <laughs> it took me a while, but I eventually got it got uh, to the next question. I got there eventually. Um, what is kind of the feeling around Jace, um, um, uh, Gabe Kapler as the new manager of the Giants? <clears throat> well, Padres fans may not know this, but the, the hire was very unpopular mm-hmm. here in the Bay Area for a number of different reasons. One of the reasons was his kind of rocky uh, managerial career in Philadelphia. But my opinion has always been that that got a little bit overblown. I don't know how you feel about that, but the controversy was in like the first week or two of the first season. And I have a friend who follows the Phillies closely and says he got a lot better and no mistakes. I mean, imagine being a first year manager. There's going to be mistakes like you're doing this for the first time there's a lot of stuff you have to do for the very first time so it's not surprising that somebody in year one which is you know jace tingler i guess is an example of that i don't know if he's like you said though he did make some questionable decisions early on so anyway all that to say that gabe kapler has an uphill battle to win over people in san francisco people here are in love with Bruce Bochy and everything that he represents. And Gabe Kapler is almost the polar opposite of the style of Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy was Mm -hmm. like low key and a player's manager. Gabe Kapler is very like, he has a big personality and he's a very new school manager. And people here are skeptical, especially because the team is bad and they have been bad. Mm -hmm. And so to bring in somebody new, they just immediately want to project this is bad because the team is bad. And and I just think winning will cure all. As soon as the Giants get back to being a winning team, if and when that happens, I think people will start to like what he's doing. But in the first series, there was definitely some controversy, as you mentioned, with Tingler pulling pitchers early. Gabe Kapler pulled Johnny Cueto after four innings, and even Cueto himself said that he felt uncomfortable coming out that early and that it had never happened in his entire 12-year career. But at the same time, Cueto was kind of on the ropes in the fourth inning, so I think it was mm-hmm. totally justifiable to take him out. And there were a couple of tough lefties due up in the fifth, and they went to a left-handed pitcher, and they had a clean inning against the Dodgers. So uh, I'm kind of on his side, but I think generally he's got work to do to win over the fans. Absolutely. Um, and he's definitely been in the news for a bunch of reasons as being the, we, you mentioned this before, as being the first uh, manager to kneel for the national anthem. So it's, there's a lot, he's definitely one of those managers where I feel like there's, there's a lot of eyes on him, right? Um, right. And while there are plenty of new managers, I mean, Girardi's managing the Phillies, right? And uh, Jace Tingler for the Padres, there's plenty of new managers out there. But I think there's a lot of people who, especially big baseball nerds like us, that are really curious to see how he does with that team, which is a team that, unlike the Phillies, doesn't have these kind of World Series contender type of expectations. They're just like a, they're in the transition phase. So I really think it's fascinating to see. Um, how that happened and you make a good point where a lot of the complaints about him they came from like the first like his first season with the beginning it's like I'm watching PTI and Mike Wilbot's complaining about this guy from what he did in the first series 
every now and then I just respect people though that are trying new things. I wonder though with the with the starting pitching thing, do you think baseball might be going in that direction? This is just kind of a general baseball question. Um, do you think baseball might be going the direction of starting pitchers that are just going to go four innings and then you just have a bullpen the rest of the way? It's definitely going in that direction. I think you're always going to have the guys who are the cream of the crop, like the Garrett Coles of the world, who you're just not right. pulling that guy after four innings. Yeah. Like if he's you got nine strikeouts and no hits, yeah. right? Like you're just going <laughs> to ride that horse to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that regard, I think you're always going to have those guys. But I think it's the back end guys, it's the three, four, five starters. Mm-hmm. You know, some teams, you know, your third starter isn't very good. And there's no reason that you want to be getting five, six innings out of those guys and giving up, you know, four runs in those innings mm-hmm. when you can, especially now with 30 man rosters, like to start the season, there's no reason to do that. You've got bullpen arms and, and those guys historically, you know, they're, they're better at producing in that one inning than a starting pitcher who's not very good would be at at producing through five, six innings. So it's definitely a trend in the game. You look at a team like the Tampa Bay Rays who are always trendsetters and even guys like Charlie Morton and Blake Snell Mm -hmm. and Tyler Glass. Now they, they go like five innings tops usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes they'll, they'll ride them more if if it's just clear that they're dominating. But I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Pitchers are pitchers to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it, your job is to go out there on the mound and get outs, no matter what you want, how you want to define that. And ultimately, your job as a team is to win a game. And so, if there's evidence that this is going to help you win games, I'm all for it, no matter what it is, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I feel that. that's a really good analysis there. Uh, now, Ben, I want to ask you kind of um, just some general fun baseball talk, and that's about uh, what are some like what what did you enjoy watching about the Giants? Because I don't know about you, but I was hooked watching the Padres this weekend, and I I don't. It's part of because I'm covering a new team and I'm covering a team, right? This is a team I cover, so it's literally is awesome when they win. It does well for me, right? And um, you know, I'm new on board and all that stuff for sure. But I was watching baseball this weekend like it was Sunday Sunday football, right? Like I was clicking between a lot of the different teams, and I was looking at my fancy players. You know, I got, oh Bryce Harper's up. All right, I got to put on the Phillies game, right? Um, shout out Bryce, you do you're doing all right for me right now. Uh, and all the Phillies and you know all these different players. I don't know about you, but like, what was kind of some of your favorite moments with not just the Giants, but just the general uh, league in general? How did you find you know this after the first series from all the teams in baseball? How was it? I was exactly the same way. I was glued to the TV watching baseball 24-7 as soon as it came back. And it was like heaven. I mean, it was seriously like a euphoric experience with just, honestly, the first, the opening day when there were just two games, which included a Giants game, was not as good to me as the next day when there was just a flood of games and there was 15 Mm -hmm. games going on like all at once seemingly. That's baseball to me when there's just all these games happening all the time. So I had so much fun. It's hard to name like any one moment. I mean, Kyle Hendricks with his complete game yeah. shutout. We talked about starting pitchers not going deep, but he <laughs> yeah. pitched a complete game shutout on opening day. That was that was really fun to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the home runs uh, in Washington D.C., like Stanton hitting a, oh, a home run that was 121 yeah, miles an hour that. or whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Madison whatever, Bumgarner right? start. Crazy. I was watching yeah. Madison Bumgarner start really closely. Yeah, I that was, to ask about that. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. bizarre seeing him 
in another uniform. Um, perhaps you can talk in a second about how that went. <laughs> yeah. uh, gosh, I mean, I'm I'm trying to remember if there was anything. I'm sure there was, but just seeing the guy. You're a big fan of the uh, the cardboard cutouts. The cardboard cutouts. I love the cardboard <laughs> cutouts. And some teams aren't doing it, and it looks bad. I think. Yeah, uh, the Cubs weren't doing it. The Astros weren't doing it. If you if you tune into those games, it just looks like an empty stadium. Mm-hmm. Versus the cutouts, give it so much life and charm. I think so. Yeah. that was I as it was amazing how quickly I got used to just seeing the cardboard cutouts as weird as they are. There were a couple of home runs that like decapitated the cardboard cutouts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that to me was a huge highlight. Like even though one of them was Will Smith of the Dodgers hitting a home run against the Giants <laughs> in the ninth inning, no less. Uh, yeah, the home run nailed a cardboard cutout right in the head and like folded it backwards. <laughs> yeah, it I just was, thought that was hilarious. It's so funny. Like, I, and yeah, I, so stop giving flack to people for trying things. Uh, I don't like it when people do that. I don't like it when people make that their brand and whatever it is. Um, but especially baseball right now, I think um, it's really exciting to have it back. I'm really excited to see how this Giants series goes. Maybe we'll talk again about it um, and, you know, kind of the events of it. And anything can happen, not going to lie. Am I expected this to be as uh, tumultuous a fight as any other team in the league? No, the Giants are really, you know, contenders on paper. We'll see for now. But also that's the fun part. It's it's on paper. And, you know, I think a lot of people heading into the season, if they had the option of choosing the Giants are going to sweep or the Dodgers are going to sweep the Giants versus they won't, they're probably going to choose the sweep, right? And instead, they get killed in those first two games, and all of a sudden, look what happens. They won the next two. So, um, you know, anything can happen. It's day-to-day. Who knows what happens? Just Samarja could go out tonight and throw a perfect game, um, and that's what's so exciting about it. Uh, it's going to be a late one for me, as it's not. It's going to be 9.30 here on the uh, East Coast for me, so I'm going to be up a little bit. But um, I'm looking forward to chatting with you about the Giants, man, and seeing what happens and seeing uh, – how much the Padres just are are going to be they're going to surprise some people. The baseball is back, my friend. It is back, and I'm looking forward to the series. Like like you said, anything can happen, and and each game counts a lot more in a 60 game yes, season. It's absolutely, 2.7 times more. Mm-hmm. So you know the Giants are going to go out there, and with their manager and their and their front office, their mindset is to just get every advantage they can get one game at a time and try to win that game. So I think the Giants, yes, they're definitely like underdogs. And in this series, they they look like the team uh, to lose in this series. But, you know, in one game at a time, that's not necessarily the case. And you can, as I get a package at my door, uh, (laughs) I just think uh, it's going to be like a playoff series. I mean, they're going to act like it's a playoff game and try to just win that game no matter what. And I think it'll be fun. Uh, And and we don't know what's going to happen. So I'm looking forward to it. And that is it for my chat with Mr. Ben Kaspik. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Really fun uh, little crossover and whatnot. And, you know, this this Giants series is great. And now quickly, I want to talk to you guys about just some of my thoughts. I'm not going to make this uh, as big of a, a thing as I did for yesterday's episode when I was talking about the whole series, just one game. I want to talk to you guys about last night's game with Zach Davies pitch, pitching, going up against Jeff Samarja. Just some of my thoughts. Uh, number one, El Nino. Gets his first home run of the year. It was awesome to see. Uh, he clobbered it to opposite field. Um, I actually thought it was it was funny because I literally uh, like went to go take out the trash, right? And then right when I came back in, uh, Tatis hit the home run. I didn't realize that he was coming up to bat. So, not going to lie, maybe I wasn't as interested in the bottom of the order as I was seeing Tatis. Um, but thankfully, I got back just in time. Samarja looked... 
I don't even want to say that he didn't look great because we've known for a while that he's kind of, you know, fallen off. He's not what he used to be with some of those Chicago years, and he's just not what, you know, he's just not like an excellent quality starting uh, pitcher anymore. And a lot of his pitches just like, even, it looked like he was using a lot of his energy to get those pitches off the plate, by the way. I don't know if it was just me, but he looked like he was really like, you know, trying to hurl it in there, but it's not like he was throwing it that fast. You know what I mean? He wasn't throwing anything that it felt like the Padres couldn't hit. Um, but Tatis gets the great three-run homer at the beginning of the game. And then we get the uh, the Will Myers shot, which was so, so much fun. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I, I just love that so far, some of the biggest heroes of the season. And this was a this was ended up being the home run that made the difference, the Myers home run, which was a shot, by the way. And, oh, man, I'll get to that in just a second. But I love how so far this season some of the unlikely people have been the heroes for the team. Don't get me wrong, Tatis has probably been. Uh, in terms of the pe- people who are expected to be the best, uh, Tatis has definitely fit the bill with, you know, the bases clearing uh, triple from uh, yesterday's game. No, not yesterday's game. I'm sorry, Monday's game. Uh, he was great there, right? And he's had his moments for sure. And then you have Will Myers and Eric Hosmer, who have kind of been the guys who give us the lead with their swings, right? And Myers can be really infuriating sometimes, Gets pick, getting picked off at first, right? It wasn't as infuriating Myers getting picked off of that one game against the D-backs as it was Josh Naylor, who stole the base but then went flying off of it. You know, like, I don't think you see that very often, and it was so disappointing that that was her potential, like, go-ahead, tie run and all that, and it's just that was really unfortunate. But um, anyway, as I was saying... I really thought that the Myers home run was my favorite, believe it or not. I know because Tatis is more expected. And seeing Myers hit that home run, it was so great on the broadcast because it cracked. You know, and if there's one cool thing, and there aren't many cool things, I admit, about the whole, uh, you know, no baseball and all that stuff, or I should say, uh, uh, no fans and us and this whole COVID epidemic, is that. It is really awesome how much louder the home runs feel. You know what I mean? Like, that's really cool. It feels like you're at a batting practice. And, man, he clocked that one. And he knew it, too. He knew it, too. Uh, but it was fun seeing him on the broadcast. I love his hair. Will Myers is still, like, a likable player. You know what I mean? It's just We just wish that he was better. You know what I mean? That's that's at least how I feel about it. And then, in terms of pitching, Davies looks fine. Not great. Did get five strikeouts, which is nice, especially for him, because he's not a big strikeout pitcher. Um... Yeah, he looked fine. I mean, he looked fine for a a, a fifth uh, rotation starter. You know what I mean? The back of the rotation starter. He looked fine, and it's good that the Padres were able to win with him on the mound because now we've got Richards. I'm sorry, we've got Paddock and Denelson Lamette coming up. Our two like top of the rotation guys, ace pitcher, quality type guys, and I'm really going to be looking forward to both of those starts, especially. Um, that's really that's a good sign, and maybe the the Padres can get a sweep out of this. If they can, all of a sudden they're six and one. Who knows? They're already four and one, which according to a bunch of people and. Uh, a bunch of people. I mean, just people I saw on Twitter, and that one of them is Kevin Acey. The Padres, their four and one start is their best start since 1997, and that's been when you know that was back when they were kind of a, a better team overall, better franchise in a lot of ways. So uh, this is really exciting, and I'm so glad to be covering the team during this time and whatnot. And in terms of other notes, I had Pomeranz looked awesome. Uh, he's been the best bullpen guy, I think, for the most part by far. And getting the three straight strikeouts, uh, according to Jason Tingler, he just wanted to give Kirby Yates kind of a break, a little bit of a a rest day. So for all the people who are wondering, you know, is Pomeranz the new closer? No, I don't think so. But I do think 
that 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 outing against the D-backs was really disappointing for him to give up those two runs, man. I mean, he did not look that great. He did not look like the dominant closer that we saw last year. But still, it's still super early on. But it is nice to see that if Pomeranz is needed, it seems like he's going to fit the bill just as much as everyone expected when they signed him to a deal in the offseason. Definitely an underrated kind of free agency acquisition for not just the Padres, but for uh, a lot of the National League teams and especially the National League West in general. I know that it gets overshadowed because they acquired Mookie Betts from the, the, the Dodgers acquired him. So I know that Drew Pomeranz by comparison is nothing, but really love seeing that. And otherwise, solid all-around game. The Giants are not a very good team, as we all know. Uh, I really just, this is a bunch of things like almost getting picked off at first base. Hedges with a great bullet throw, almost got him. And just all of that stuff in between. The Giants just aren't a very good team. So this is one of those series that you expect to win, um, but you shouldn't be getting too cocky about it, I'd say. So those are just my thoughts on last night. Night's game, nothing major. Davies was fine. Uh, I think part of that was because it is the Giants, and we shouldn't be expecting him to be so kind of uh, solid and kind of dominating, especially those first four innings. He was really uh, looking good in those first beginning innings. Uh, we shouldn't expect that when he's going up against the Dodgers, for example. You know what I mean? That might not end up too, uh, too well for us, right? So we'll see what happens, but thankfully the bullpen looks like it's uh, on paper still going to be pretty good for us. So uh, those are my thoughts on yesterday's game, guys. I'll have my thoughts on tomorrow's game. Well, tomorrow, and that'll be with the Sheriff pitching tonight against the Giants. That should be a really good game up against Johnny Cueto, who Ben and I talked about a little bit on the podcast today. So really looking forward to that one. And that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, hopefully the Padres are 5-1 and one the next time you hear me talking to you. Uh, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.